This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast, powered by Awana. I'm Ross. You know who you are. Thank you for listening. As we continue our series of conversations all about worship and spiritual formation, I want to introduce you to someone who has a very specific ministry with an incredible impact. Mitchell West, better known as Street Hymns, is a lyricist, battle rapper, composer, producer, and speaker. Street Hymns desires to spark influence through various artistic outlets by promoting quality, purity, and originality. He is an incredibly inspiring guy, and you'll hear us talk more about this in the episode. But before we start, I want to make sure you pay attention to one thing specifically. Street Hymns has a very specific context that he is helping kids in in his community. But everything he describes mirrors what we talk about every week on this podcast about child discipleship, no matter what your context looks like. Lastly, I had some technical issues on my end, so some of my audio is less than ideal, but the good news is you can hear Street Hymns loud and clear. This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast. The motto is doing hymns for the streets because the streets need him. I am a minister, evangelist, apologist, creative entertainer and promoter of the gospel and my directive ministry is towards the urban aspect and the genre of hip-hop fantastic now for people who haven't heard of your ministry before where are you located i am located in texas the dfw area um if you're not from here, I say Dallas. If you're from here, I say Arlington, Grand Prairie area, you know, but yeah, just Dallas oh, in general. Yeah. yeah. No, we have the same thing up here. It's like, where are you from? Chicago? <laughs> oh, what part of Chicago? Milwaukee, right? Um, yeah, technically, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we're having a series of conversations right now that are all around this idea of worship and spiritual formation. And we've had people who have begun to define those terms and talk about the power of impacting them. But you have such a specific ministry that I was really excited to bring your voice to this conversation. So I am someone who I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Like I am one of the least musically inclined people for a guy who uh, gets paid to talk into a microphone. So I want to start at like a real 50,000 foot view, which is how'd you get into music? Because there are people who love music. There are people who get really invested, but you have turned it into a vehicle of your ministry. How, what was that process? Yes. So I grew up in a musical family. Uh, My father was an artist. He always had a studio in the house. And so seeing him uh, do music, hip hop, singing, songwriting, artist development, having people in and out the house, working with them, working through them and then promoting them. uh, I became one of the projects. Uh, (laughs) So I woke him up. I think I was four years old and I woke him up and I told him that Jesus gave me a song. I sang in the song and since then he's had me on stage. So I was like on stage by the age of five performing, you know, and I started writing my own songs at the age of 10. So it's a uh, majority uh, divinely just through my father and seeing him doing what he do and does and, and loving it. And then also the other people in my house, there was a group called the cross movement. Uh, those are my role models and they were one of the pioneers in Christian hip hop. And so to see them come out the house, come in the house after concerts, you know, chop it up about theology, um, 
that was like my musical inspiration. And that gave me all the drive and, and juice I needed, you know, for the, for the long road ahead. Yeah. Well, I love one of the things that stands out to me about your story is that it's, it is so much from a flow of who you are, right? Like if you had been born into a different circumstance and you were an accountant, like you still would have had the same passion for this ministry that you have. Because <laughs> you are someone who has really made your mission fuel every, all of the methodology of, hmm. that you could possibly practice within the context of your ministry. More information about you is going to be linked in the show notes, but just for sake of argument, I just want to make sure people know right from the beginning, which is um, where can people learn more about you? What is the name of you know, your ministry? If people are compelled by this mission, I want they to, them to know that there's lots of ways that they can support it. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, my real name is Mitchell. Uh, my artist name is Street Hymns. And my, like I said, my model is doing hymns for the streets because the streets need him. You can find all of my um, information, websites, uh, streethems.net, and then everything at streethems, spelled the right way. No Z, no extra S, no, you know, two M's. It's, it's H-Y-M-N-S, like a hymnal. And yeah, that's, that's, that's basically how y'all can, you know, get on, get in touch with me, communicate with me. Also, you know, you can check out some merch on there. Got some uh, pretty funny stuff up. And yeah, you know, also updates on music and tours, concerts, things like that. So I know that your ministry has lots of different um, components to it. But if I'm understanding oh, yeah. correctly, the, the core sort of when you realized you were really had something on your hands was when you began to work with kids and brought them into a recording studio for them to hear what they sounded like. Now I'm giving the worst summary possible. So <laughs> for people about what is sort of the core um, output of your ministry. No, that was actually not, not that bad, man. So uh, it's less crazy. Like I said, I saw my father doing the same thing, you know, in a different way, but just, you know, ministry for the youth. One of my, the first song he had me rapping uh, as far as like touring around was like me, memorizing the books of the Bible through rap, you know, the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, Romans, first and second books, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, first and second Thessalonians. He had me doing that. I'm going around, you know, man, you and just that, made the Awana crowd that's listening to this so happy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my dad, my dad made a great song on how to learn the books of the Bible. And so seeing him do children's ministry, through hip hop was something I literally grew up doing. And I was involved in that whole process. And so when uh, it came down to the summer of 2010, I was at Kids Across America. It's a uh, Christian sports camp, uh, also known as Canacook, uh, the, the, the for-profit side of it. And while I was there at the nonprofit camp, I developed a hip hop program. And I was just literally letting the kids, you know, rap over some instrumentals that, you know, we found over on the internet and it became a legitimate class. Now, mind you, it's a sports camp and here we are, you know, finding an outlet to put the Bluetooth speaker in so we can rap some, rap over some beats. Uh, the, the, the parents that brought the kids weekly loved the program so much. They were like, yo, y'all got to make this more legit. And so by the next year I came, uh, the director bought a bus and he put studio equipment in the bus. And so we had Pro Tools. We were legitimately recording kids every week and doing new songs, doing new recordings and just developing their talent and then encouraging them and what they had. 
Yeah. Uh, by the next year after that, that was such a success. And the parents loved it so much that we ended up getting an entire building donated to us. So I was literally spearheading this project to where now we have a dance studio, recording studio, photography studio at the top, videography studio at the top. And it all started with us, you know, trying to find an outlet, you know? And so it was amazing to see all of the songs we record. I recorded over 200 songs with those kids. You know, this is a weekly, sometimes two to three songs per week, you know, and uh, in and out the studio, just, you know, not taking my days off because the, the song got to be mixed and mastered and the, and the parents wanted to be on SoundCloud. So right. for me, it was, it was a, it was a beautiful experience. And that's where I first developed the ability and a talent and a character to be able to do what I do now um, through my nonprofit, which is, you know, going to the juvenile detention center system and then allowing them to record while they're in the detention center. And then after they get out, giving them access to studio time, and essentially the studio time is just a face for the real mission, which is access to us, you know, and through access to us, they get to develop and see who we are, how we are, be mentored, and then essentially show them the character of Christ through us. Yeah. Well, and I think it's such a, it's such an inspiring mission because I think that um, just to make sure folks are tracking, you know, you started in a context of camp where you as an artist were allowing kids who were probably more artistically inclined than others at the sports camp to be able to lean into their natural giftings absolutely regardless of if you are musically inclined um like yourself or if you are musically not inclined like me like when the bible says make a joyful noise to the lord i think god was just like no ross you just talk like let's not sing let's not have that be what you do um there is an undeniable power behind music. There is an undeniable way in which God uses music to reach us and, and you know, speak to us, to use that phrase, um, that no podcast could ever accomplish. And I'm curious when you're hearing kids, whether it's in the camp setting or it's in the juvenile detention setting, when you're hearing those songs, when you're mixing and mastering, can you speak to what that that feels like knowing that you're taking a kid who probably hasn't ha necessarily had anybody ask them to tell them their story and you're making it sound as good as anything else I've listened to on the internet. Man, it's, it's really, uh, I will say the moment of joy for me is not so much just doing it, but more so seeing the response. So, the very first day, you know, we're writing and then, you know, Hey, tell me your testimony so we can, you know, put this on paper and then make a song out of it. And then telling you, you know, Oh, I go to school. I live with my mom. I love Jesus. I was like, all right, this is cute. Tell me your testimony. You know what I'm saying? And then, uh, you know, get the real, the real testimony after that and be like, all right, bet. Now we got something to work with. This is what people want to hear. Cause whatever you're going through, some of the kids going through that same exact thing. So you can speak to them heart to heart. Then finally, the next day being in the studio recording and then them hearing their voice in the headphones for the first time, like, wait, that's what I sound like. And you know, it's like, just that, do I like this? Like, <laughs> it's like, like and then having that experience with them, it's like, it's like, man, you sound good. It's like, you sure? I was like, man, you sound great. You know, let's, let's run it back. And then, 
by the time they come through, do the work, sit there and toil, 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 try to hit the right notes, try to get the right cadences for the rappers. Um, sometimes even having engine, like little people who are like, you know, wanting to engineer and I'll have them do the mix instead of me. I'm just kind of guiding them oh, by cool. the time the full project comes out and then they display it on stage to see their reaction, their peers reaction, the parents reaction. That's where it's like, man, this was, this was not only all worth it, but this is why we do it. Yeah. You know? Um, Cause that moment where a lot of times as a, as a sower, you don't really get to see the seasons grow, mm. you know? And so to have them have the moment where they can be like, man, I put in the hard work and I can see the return in real time. That's beautiful, man. It's oh, beautiful. So, um, yeah, allowing them to experience worship in that sense and then do so publicly, it's, uh, it's nothing like it, man. It's nothing like it. And then to relive that every week, it's just like, man, it's, it's like a spiritual high. I'm like, all right, where's the next group? Time to put in hard work, you know. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Before we keep the conversation going with Street Hymns, I want to let you know about an exciting opportunity to continue the conversation both from this podcast and the 2021 Child Discipleship Forum. On November 18th at 2 p.m. Eastern, there will be a free online event from Awana called Implementing Resilient Child Discipleship. Melanie Hester and Leah Broach will go practical with children's ministry leaders to talk about what changes we need to make and where to start. Come ready to think, process, and plan what the next steps might look like for your children's ministry. You can register today via the show notes, and I can't wait to see you there. The fact is, what you're describing matches with what people hear on this podcast every week of what it takes to have child discipleship. You, you are getting them to really dig into their testimony and see what God has done. And then you get to really play out, hey, like you're on stage, like you, you are doing this thing. What was that always the intention of the ministry? Is that something that you fell into? Like, how did you center what you do around discipleship? If I was to say what the focus was, what the mission was, what the the goal was, I really wouldn't be able to say it because it wasn't, I didn't go into it like, you know what, I'm going to start a ministry where I do stuff with kids. I, especially like a, a specific ministry, I didn't even correlate, hey, the eight years I spent at camp will be applied later on in my life for a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was going to make a nonprofit. I was just working in the, in the detention center system. Cause I knew they needed help. And like, they didn't even know what I was going to do. They just know I was an artist. And so it's like, Hey, you can go and, you know, entertain the kids in there, you know, just encourage them, stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, how can I help these kids best on a Sunday afternoon in a detention center where it's cold, they're wearing sweatshirts and there's no creativity. Typically what they would have is a uh, older guy come in and then preach to them. That was their Sunday service. Then they had me come in and they were like, yo, 
bring him back. We don't do, we don't want the other guy. No offense to him, but we got to get more of him. Uh-huh. And being able to do that, it was just amazing. But I realized all I was doing by just coming in and playing beats was just entertaining them. You know, I'm able to give a little, you know, word of encouragement here and there, but they hear that all the time. They got that on the Sunday service every day. So there's a difference between teaching and interacting, you know, and I'm like, I can say whatever I want in here, but they're not going to believe me to actually see me and walk with me. And so I just got challenged one day, like just to put my name on the board and let them follow up with me and then follow me outside of there. And so months later, we got these kids coming out the detention center and they're like, yo, didn't you say you would be able to record in your studio for free? I said, yes, absolutely. Follow me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I just started picking them up, taking them out for ice cream, taking them to Bible study, um, working with them, you know, bailing them out of situations that can't even mention on here. And sure. in the midst of all that, people were seeing what I was doing, you know, on the, on the wayside and just kind of like, yo, yo, what's up with all you and these kids every time I see on your Instagram story every now and again, I'm like, I'm just working with them. And they're like, man, so how do I donate? And I'm like, donate. I'm like, man, <laughs> I was like, I couldn't use some gas money, man. Cause this is not easy, you know, and these kids like to eat. So, you know, but mm-hmm. I didn't have anything. I didn't, it wasn't like a, the end goal is I want to have this many cans. I want to have this building. I want to have this garden. I want to have, this system in place, this curriculum, this rubric, it was none of that. It was just, as I was going, I was making disciples, you know? And so of course, later on, I'm like, you know, maybe something, maybe a system would make this better because I'm only one person and I'm, I'm, I'm actually overexerting my own energy sure. and it's better if I do this with the team. So through that, you know, street hymns recording was birthed, but like I said, if I was to say, man, what was the initial focus and goal? It was just, you know, as I go, it wasn't, it, I didn't have like a, man, I can't wait to do this, this, and this. It just kind of happened naturally. And I think that is, like you said, a testament to just walking in your call and knowing your rhythm and knowing your lane, you know, yeah. um, and then allowing God to use you in that lane. And then it'll make, your gifts will make ways for you, you know? Well, and that's exactly what I wanted to make plain for people who are listening to us is that, you know, you did that in your context, but everybody listening can do that in theirs. Absolutely. You may not have kids. You may not be reaching kids who are in a juvenile detention center near you. You could. They would love to hear from you. <laughs> you can create the same level of belonging. You can create the same level of fertile ground for discipleship by doing the things you're talking about, by taking them out to ice cream by feeding them, by getting your friends to give you gas money so that you can afford to do those things. Those are, and what I love about that is those are things that require no musical talent. They require no recording studio. They just require an adult to be patient enough to be with a child and engage in their spiritual formation. Um, that is the, that's the most important thing working with kids in the uh, urban context, you know, patience and consistency. If you get down patience and consistency, you can reach any kid, don't matter your race, don't matter your age. It's patience and consistency. Will you leave when things get hard? Will you, will you walk away when I push you away? You know, um, that's, that's what I wanted to lean into next. Cause you know, we've been talking about this in sort of a broad context, but you are serving as a particular people group that I think requires more nuance to the conversation. 
So when you talk about consistency mattering, I'm going to ask, you know, I would say like consistency matters to every kid, but why is consistency so important to the kids that you're trying to reach? Oh, especially in the context of, uh, black males and male leadership in general. Um, sad to say, you know, the statistics are commonly real The aspect of fatherless homes, mm-hmm. you know, and due to them having fatherless homes, the support system is weighed on the backs of the mother, you know, and because of that, you know, that affects them relationally, socially, um, mentally, and then educationally as well. So these are typically the kids who don't do as well in school. So they act up, you know, and so having someone take the time to be consistent with them is something that they're not typically experiencing because typically what happens is they grow up in a household with the lack of discipline. And I tell people, you know, my patience is truly the outlet for what I feel like I strive in, which is conflict resolution and discipline, you know, and discipline is so important when it comes to working with kids in the urban context, like understanding that discipline is a biblical spiritual and godly attribute. You know, he chastises those whom he loves. You cannot have love separate from judgment and being able to exemplify grace while also showing them that, Hey, there are consequences for your actions. So here's what we're going to do. Um, and here's what you're not going to do. Those are the moments where you'll see the most pushback. You'll see the most argumentation. You'll see whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, when they've had all the experiences prior to back this and say, man, he's on my head real hard right now, but he's shown he loves me yeah. and I'm pushing him. I'm cursing. I'm, I'm doing all these things. It's like, he's still here. That messes with their minds. Cause they're used to, when we argue, we don't mess with each other no more. When we fight, we don't talk anymore. If I get in an interaction or altercation with somebody, it's a wrap. And so for you to be like, all right, man, let's, let's walk through this together. And then after I chastise, I'm still going to be here to hug and love you. That is something that is the gospel because that is Jesus, you know? Um, and so for me, it's, 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 it's one of those things where uh, when you can exemplify patience through discipline, not punishment, punishment is something separate discipline, you discipline in love, you punish in anger. So when you discipline and show them that you love them through consequences, through actions, through consistency, through communication, not through physical or, or mental or verbal abuse. I tell you, it goes leaps and bounds and you'll see that they actually desire it. I think everyone desires actually to be disciplined because we understand that something is wrong. We all have a ethical and moral compass. And so based on that ethical and moral compass, there's a wrestle inside of us. It's like, I want to do right. And when you know you're doing wrong, obviously there's something that's telling you, man, I would like to be right. And so when you have somebody pushing you to be right, or you don't have somebody pushing you to be right, you desire to be pushed to be right. And so having someone there with that love foundation that's pushing you to be right, nothing like it. 
nothing like it. And it's nothing they've experienced on a consistent level in patience because they're used to having somebody tell them what to do or to correct them with a negative context. So when you can stay neutral and positive within correction, man, it's beautiful. You get beautiful results, beautiful results. Thank you for listening, especially all the way to the end. If you want more information about Street Hymns, you can check out the show notes. There's a bunch of information there, including a video that we actually worked with him on for last year's Child Discipleship Forum. Before you go, I have one more thing. This marks the 100th episode of the podcast, and I didn't want that to pass by without just simply saying thank you. Each and every week, I get to talk to people who are helping shape the future of the faith. And the fact that those conversations are reaching people who are doing the work of making this generation of kids the greatest generation of disciples this world has ever seen is such a privilege. So thank you. The Resilient Disciples podcast is powered by Awana. Thanks to the donation of... Thanks to the donations of generous folks like you, Awana partners with 62,000 churches in 130 countries to make resilient disciples. When you give to Awana, you are investing in lasting faith. Young people who will engage the culture with the gospel and fearlessly lead the church into the future. To make a donation to this mission, go to awana.org slash lasting faith. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and check out the show notes for more for links and relevant resources for today's conversation. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and hits by Jude. You also heard I'll Let Go provided by Josiah Williams from his album Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.